0: Hi, welcome to fun is fundamental. My guest today is Brenda Winkle. She is an empowerment coach and an energy expert, and she helps people reclaim their lives by reducing stress and feelings of guilt and by increasing their energy and reclaiming their time. She runs the yes Academy and she's ha- been She was having a series of events called feminine voices Rising. um, I think she called them Sister Circles, and she is the host of the Waves of Joy podcast. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Brenda. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. I like all these conversations that I've been having with people, so I just would like to hear your take on on fun and where you're coming from with it.
1: Oh, well, this is going to be good because I am very fun motivated. So everything in my life, I try to make into a game because I am highly motivated by fun. And so I gamify things for, um, people in my courses. I gamify things, um, for things that happen in my own house. And even when my daughter was little, she's 20 now, but even when she was little, we used to have this rose bowl. Do you know what a rose bowl is? It's like a round glass ball that you hold flowers in. Okay. And I think once upon a time back, you know, in the fifties or something, you used to cut one rose and then you'd float the rose in the little the water inside the rose bowl. Okay. So it's a round globe type thing. And anyway, we used to have this rose bowl. And so we would cut up little tags of paper with fun ideas and then we'd fold them up and mix them up. And then we'd pull one every day just to see, oh, what are we going to do today? Are we going to go to the park? (laughs) Are we going to go to the library? Are we going to play with sidewalk talk? What will we do? I love
0: that. (laughs) Yeah. No, that sounds that sounds like great fun and like a really, uh, a charm, a charming, uh, way to interact with your children. Cause I, you know, people get really serious and feel it. Like, and also like the, everything the, people want it to control everything and want everything to be planned. So yeah, that's really, that's a great idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. The control thing. I think that comes up when we're in fight or flight like the more stressed we are, the more we want to control things. Mm-hmm. And I find that in myself too. So when I start to think about, oh, it has to be this way. My schedule has to be da up da, da da. I'm like, oh, that's time for a little break. Because if I'm trying to control all those things, I know that I'm in a stress response. And so then it's, it's time for more fun.
0: Nice. And uh, what you were talking about doing courses, uh, what do you, what do you teach?
1: I teach a signature course, which means a longer course called yes. Academy say yes to you. And so it helps women and a few men really peel back the layers on the things that they have been saying no to, to themselves Mm -hmm. at the, because they're saying yes to other people. So it's all about learning to say yes to ourselves and learning to not people please and eliminating a little bit of codependency so that we can have capacity for fun. Because one of the things that comes up for a lot of women is I don't have time to have fun because my family needs me, or I don't have time to have fun because I have to work or I don't have money to have fun. And so I help peel back the layers on that Mm
0: -hmm. so that
1: we can get people into having those creative fun experiences. Because if you're not having fun in your life, maybe you're not enjoying it. I mean, truly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I Yeah. I think that fun is like really a centerpiece to like having a life that you really love. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. I feel the same way.
0: I love what you're teaching. Cause I, there's, I like, I know so many people that are like, yeah, people pleasers and they're so willing to commit to things for other people, but always put themselves on the back bur- burner. Like they're, they're never a priority for themselves. Yes.
1: Yes. I had one client that said, um, and this was a male client. This, this person said that he would drive two hours to help a family member put together something for furniture that they needed, but he wouldn't take an hour for himself to go meet a friend. And so I think that that's a very extreme example, but it happens. It happens Mm -hmm. in households
0: all over the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, even like for myself, like I've, you know, like, for example, like, I'm like, oh, I want to get healthy, blah, blah, blah. But I'll be like, asking my husband to like, keep me accountable. Cause it's like, I'm like, if, if I have someone else to be like, Hey, you you should do this thing, then I'm more willing to do it. Like, I'm like, I'm willing to like, I think they call like being an obliger or some, something like with the four, the four tendencies book. Is that right? I think. That's I don't know. Right. I haven't read it. Yeah, there's like four like tendencies of like why how people do things or why they do them, you know? And like, there's like, I think the rebel is like uh, someone who won't do something from themselves or other people. (laughs) And then there's like the one who like can commit to doing things for themselves and for other people. And then there's like the one who like myself often who like will do things for other people less likely than for myself and then there's people that will do things for themselves more than for other people so yeah that once I kind of learned that I was like oh that's that's not surprising (laughs) at all but also um uh it made it so like I at least I could like utilize that a little bit even if I wanted to also change that and just like be able to do things for myself, also. <laughs> like... Right, right.
1: Because it does. We don't want to demonize the parts of ourselves that that we have naturally. We don't want to make those bad because that feels terrible, and mm-hmm. nobody's motivated by feeling terrible. Yeah. But when we can, re- when we can realize that there is capacity for fun, and capacity for the time that we need to do the things that we need to do, like for example, exercise or whatever else it might be. It just feels so nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like, I, I definitely am able to like go meet friends and like, I'm definitely able to do things for myself, but it felt like things like that, like for like the self-care kind of things, or like, I was always like self-sabotaging that kind of thing. So I guess that's like part of it was like, Hey, if you, like, <laughs> if you are here, I can, you know, Right. Uh, be reminded that I should do this kind of thing, I guess in a way, but
1: yeah, absolutely. And I look, I don't teach this stuff because I think other people need to know it. I started to learn how to do this because I had a problem. Mm-hmm. I was a people pleaser. Like, uh, I mean, I might've been the queen of people pleasers. I'm not sure I people pleased my dogs. I mean, everything came in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I think it's very common that we people please. And I know for myself that when I was at the height of my people pleasing, it was because I was seeking external validation. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted people to notice me. I wanted people to appreciate me. I wanted people to notice what I was contributing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely like a, it's a basic need for us to be acknowledged and notice and you know, it's really, I don't know, like, it's, it, like, it makes sense that, like, that could, that's a way for us to fulfill that need sometimes, even if it's not, like, the most, you know, balanced or healthy way, or, you know, like, you know, it's, obviously, we want to learn how to have boundaries, you know, and, like, be able to, And it's not selfish. That's the thing. Like so often, like people think that it's selfish for us to do things for ourselves, but it's not selfish at all to like, you know, fill up your own your own cup so that you can, you know, be there for other people.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because if you are pouring from a full cup, you have so much more to give. You're more patient. You're more tolerant. You have better ideas. You're more creative. You're in the flow, and you are more capable of having fun and the people in your life, your kids, your spouse, your friends, they like you when you're willing to have fun. I mean, yeah. it's, they, they like you more not just you, but I mean the existential you.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it lights you up. Like, it's like, who doesn't want to be around a person that's just like, feels great. And like it exudes from every part of them. Exactly. Yeah. So what else, what else would like, what are some of the things that you do to help, help people have fun? Well, I think
1: let's, let me, there's two questions there. So one question is how do I help other people have fun? Well, I take them out of their seriousness. We take ourselves so seriously. So I think that playing games is a great way to have fun because you start to laugh. You start to take yourself a lot less seriously. Mm -hmm. And then being willing to go with the flow and teaching people about being willing to go with the flow that they can um, have permission to change their mind is so important because when you have permission or from yourself to change your mind, it means you can kind of follow the river uh, of the flow, wherever that's leading. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, like, for example, Um, This weekend, I knew I was going to a graduation party and I knew I was going to meet some friends of my neighbor because it was my neighbor's daughter that was graduating. And then I had some things planned for Sunday. But when I got invited to a girls' brunch that turned out to be a burlesque um, drag, diva drag brunch, I was like, yes, I am clearing my schedule. That sounds so fun. So I cleared my schedule on Sunday and that's what I did. And we laughed and laughed and we had so, we had so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I think being willing, if I wasn't willing to change my mind and give myself some grace about, oh, I'm going to do these house things a different time Mm -hmm. in the week, then I would have missed out. Yeah, And it would have been at home while my daughter was working and I would have been doing laundry and doing meal prep, which of course does need to happen, but it didn't need to happen at the expense of having fun.
0: Yeah. Because
1: when I came home, I was so excited and having fun and filled up and rich with, with laughter from being surrounded by my friends that it took me no time to do the housework because Mm -hmm. I was running on the fuel of having fun.
0: Yeah. As opposed to just kind of dredge, judging through and being like, oh, I'm doing this, like, uh, <laughs> instead right. of like, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: And then for me, and I think this happens for other people too. And we don't like to talk about this word, the resentment word. Mm-hmm. Resentment comes up if we don't take time to have fun. Yeah. And we start to resent the people that we love the very most mm-hmm. because we tell ourselves that we're not doing the things that are fun for those people but that's not true they want us to have fun
0: resentment is such a like a a hard yeah a hard thing because it's like it's not it's not it's not even it's not even their fault like you know that you you're, you're resenting them because you put yourself in that position like that's that's the saddest part of that you know yeah yeah for sure Um, so you, you talked about that. You like to play, play games. What are some, some other things that you like to do for fun?
1: I love walking and I do it every day. And well, if it's icy, I don't, but if it's not icy, I am walking. So like maybe Mm -hmm. one or two days a year, I'm not walking. And to me, that's really fun because I I love seeing the seasons change. Mm -hmm. I love being present. And I think that being present allows us to have fun because you can notice things. And so if I'm walking by myself, I'll notice, um, I'll notice the neighbors. I'll notice cute decorations on the houses. I'll Mm -hmm. notice the kids playing. I'll notice the dogs. If I'm walking with my dogs, they're always up to something. And it makes me (laughs) laugh every single time that I'm with my dogs. And if I'm with my daughter, we, we started walking when I first got divorced in 2007. And we have walked after school every day. She's now 20 since then, well, because it was our time to exercise and our time to connect. And that became just a ritual that I protected in my schedule because it felt so good. Mm-hmm. So to me, yes, fun is laughter and games sure. and, and doing those kind of things. But fun is also being present, being in the yeah. moment, being with the people you love and mm-hmm. just enjoying
0: yeah. That's such a simple, a simple thing, but it's really like, even those simple things can be really neglected, you know, like people don't, they don't think it's enough. Like they think it's like things fun is only like these like big plan things and like you right. like, everything Disneyland. has to be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, Disneyland that's fun too, but so it's just going for a walk or yeah. blowing bubbles or, sidewalk chalk. I still blow bubbles. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I think it's fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, bubbles are, I love, like, I love watching bubbles. They're so, they're so beautiful, you know, like the iridescent of them and yeah, for sure. And I think
1: that there's an element of unpredictability that comes with fun, which is why it's so intoxicating for us Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: so much of our life is routinized by the routines that we have for our families and our houses and our jobs, that when we're having fun, usually there's something that you couldn't have predicted. Mm -hmm. And so being open for that to happen, creating time, creating space for that, I think is really magical.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, it's one of the like basic things that with fun is just that you, it's about being, I think it really is about being in the moment. And it's just about like, just, yeah, being present. And because if you're thinking about other things, obviously, like, you're not actually having fun. That's the thing, like, people can be at parties, and like, they're like, thinking about their to do list, or they're thinking like, like, about their, like, ego stuff, and and then, you know, they're not actually having fun, even if they're in a, situation where they're supposed to be having fun right because they're on their phone
1: or they're worried about who am I going to talk to what will they think
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that was always like a big problem for me like when I was a little bit younger of like when I would go to parties and if I didn't know like people that well I'd be like Oh, they're like, Oh, what am I going to say? Do they think I'm interesting? And like, you know, (laughs) you're just like constantly, like just judging yourself constantly because you're just like, you can't just relax and be present and in the moment. And, and like that even matters what this person that you probably will never see again, thinks of you. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I actually had a moment on Sunday uh,
1: when I was thinking some of those thoughts, not not exactly, but close. So I'm new to the area. I'm new in my community. And so I know my neighbor relatively well, but I don't know any of their friends or family. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to this party by myself, I had this moment where I walked in the door of the party and I thought to myself, Ooh, I feel a tiny bit uncomfortable because as I walked in, my neighbor walked out with the dog that their dog. And then the neighbor who I was celebrating, um, the graduation was talking to some other people that were there. And you know how you can read the body language that they're into a conversation and it's not a good time for you to step in. Mm -hmm. So I had a moment where I was standing by myself in this entryway. And I thought, Hmm, well, I could just wave hello and meet them back at the house in an hour. And then we could, you know, exchange the graduation gift or, I could look around the room and see who I can lock eyes with, make eye contact with, and then go talk to. And I thought that's what I'm going to do. So I made a point to just look around the room and, and gazed around and waited until I found someone who met my eye contact. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I locked eyes with this person, I smiled and she smiled back. Nice. Yeah. And, and then that was the friendship that was born. And I ended up doing the diva drag brunch with her and her friends because (laughs) they had an extra seat at the table that they purchased. And so, you know, I think being willing to be a tiny bit uncomfortable Uh is part of having fun a lot of times.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, you have to be a little bit brave sometimes in order to actually have fun. You know, like I, like for this podcast, like there's definitely been things that I'm like, I don't like, like, I'm not sure if I would like this thing, you know, but I'm just like, I'm going to try it. Like you know. And I'm, like, I've been uncomfortable doing some of these things, the things that I've done for the podcast, but I'm like, so like, <laughs> I will never know anything unless I try something. Right. So yes. That's yeah. so rich. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because so many times we hold off on trying something because we want to do it perfectly. But when we show up and we're just like, Hey, I'm going to give it a try. It feels so fun mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Good for you. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, that's a, I, you know, I went into this podcast with the idea that I wanted to do things, some things that might scare me a little bit because I have been a person that's Really timid about a lot of things. And, you know, like I feel like I'm, I just like, I'm like, I'm scared of like everything. I'm like, I'm scared of water and I'm scared of, you know, like the dark. And I'm scared of like, you know, just all these things. Like, I'm just like, I'm tired of being scared of, you know, things. Like, you know, there are obviously things that can you worry, like, worry about or scared about in the world. You know, the world's not always great, you know, but do I have to think about it all the time or do I, you know, does that mean like, is that going to stand in the way of me to like living my life and trying things? It's like, I don't, I don't want to be that person. So yeah.
1: (laughs) I love that. I love that. And there is a vulnerability when you put out a podcast. I felt that way too, because I have a fairly, fairly new podcast. Let's be clear. It's brand new. There's like 15 episodes. It's, it's brand new. It's called waves of joy. And when I put it out, I thought I'm doing this because it feels so authentic to me because I love the ocean. I I teach about joy. I teach about accessing happiness. And, um, so it feels authentic, but there was a real vulnerability where I thought, okay, I'm not going to be able to go back and edit my words. Like I did with my blog and make sure it's perfect. I'm going to have to show up a little bit messy every time. Mm -hmm. And so the first episode, I was a tiny bit nervous but then because we can show up a little bit messy, I think it's a lot more real.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that people often aren't seeking perfection. I mean, obviously, like there are things like where I'm like, yeah, I like, I, I like listening to like this stuff, like by NPR, like, you know, like that's like super polished sometimes, but like a lot of times the, like the people that you really gravitate towards that you're like, I want to listen to this person all the time. They're not perfect. You know, they just are kind of just talking and you're, and you're like, you feel like, you know, them, you know, I don't necessarily feel like I know, you know, some of the people that are you know <laughs> doing these really polished ones. Like, yeah.
1: yeah, I think there's truth to that. And I think we are yearning for connection perhaps now more than ever, or at least maybe that's just me. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely feel that when I can hear someone's heart, I definitely am drawn to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I've said definitely like three times.
0: It's okay. <laughs> I, I find myself constantly saying the same words all the time. And I'm like, oh, I did it again. <laughs> like, I, like when I edit my, my episodes, I'm just like, oh man, how many times am I gonna say this one word? Like <laughs> Yeah. Um c- congratulations on your podcast, by the way. I oh, thank you. Yeah. I I I understand the, the feelings of like, Oh, it's it's not perfect. So that's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In fact, it's given me courage to sort of let go of the perfection in a lot of other ways too. I am, I'm not a perfectionist, but I am a recovering perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I was trained classically trained as a musician and Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as a B plus like you do it perfectly or don't do it. That's really yeah. the, the mindset in music, because if you do 90% of the notes correctly, and you're doing something with another person, it's, it's not good. It really needs to be hundred yeah. percent. And, um, I can do that. I'm capable of doing that. And I've done it for many, many years in, in the music business, but it's so much more fun when I can approach different things and without that perfectionism. hmm And find artistry, artistry of all types, whether it's talking to people or building relationships or doing
0: something just a little bit messy, but totally with love and, and joy, you know, Mm-hmm, definitely. What instruments did you, did you play or do you play?
1: Well, back in college, I was a clarinet major, but I always wanted to be a choir director, but my parents were instrumentalists and there was, there was a little bit of a stigma in my family about the the vocal majors. They really wanted to me to play an instrument. So I played piano from the time I was five, I still play. And -hmm. then I played clarinet in college professionally and played in some symphonies around uh, the Nebraska area, Northwestern Nebraska and um, Eastern Wyoming. And then I got out teaching and my first job was K through 12 vocal instrumental speech and drama. So that meant mm. I taught K through five elementary music, all the choir, the marching band, the play, the school musical. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's too much. Yeah. And I always wanted to be a choir director. So I um, applied for jobs all over the, the Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, South Dakota area. And I ended up with a job in South Dakota and Surges, South Carolina. And I took a job. It was for an assistant band director job. And I was like, well, I don't know if I really want to take a job being assistant band director, but something about this feels right. I'd rather direct choirs, but okay, I'll take it. And so I took the job and then two weeks before school started, I got a phone call and they said, our choir director quit. Can we move you into that position? And I was like, yes. (laughs) yes you can and so for the last like 20 some years i've focused on vocal music and choirs
0: nice yeah are you still in uh in south dakota no i live in portland oregon okay okay you're not that far from me i'm i'm just north of seattle oh really yeah so that's amazing yeah pacific northwest (laughs) 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 it's just, just side note is, is your, is your spring as terrible as our spring? <laughs> like you year? mean wet and cold? Yes. Yeah. It's wet and cold. <laughs> Today was so cold. <laughs> I was just like, how is this mid June? I don't understand what's it happening. It doesn't feel like it. We, no.
1: uh, I saw something on the newspaper, the Oregonian that we've had 12 and a half inches of rain since April 1st.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh. So like
1: in less than two months, we've had 12 and a half inches That's of rain.
0: So awful. Oh. <laughs> a lot of rain. Oh that is a lot of rain. Oh man. Yeah. I'm I'm ready for summer. I'm gonna I have a few other questions. Just just random questions. Um what made you uh made you really happy this past week? This past week,
1: I don't know. I- I am happy pretty much all the time. And I'm not just saying that I just make such an, I just, I'm happy because I do things that light me up and make me feel good. And so yesterday I did the brunch with my friends. I'm looking at my calendar. Let's see. Oh, I know what I did last week. I held a challenge. It was called yes to me. And so we met for five days on zoom and there was like 25 women that, that signed up for the challenge And then we met on zoom for five different days last week, and it was so fun hearing their stories and hearing their heart. And we had prizes and that was really fun. And I did that because I came home from the retreat in Boca Raton with Kathy Heller and, and that, um, that group of women from abundant ever after, and all of the different kinds of programs that Kathy had led. And mm-hmm. so I knew that when I came home, I was going to need something to look forward to because I, um, if I don't plan something to look forward to, I can get sad when something ends. And yeah. so I like to make sure that I'm always scaffolding my next thing. So I came home on Saturday and then launched into the challenge on Tuesday. And so it was really fun. It, it worked.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I can understand that when you have like such a high, high, then like coming down, it's like, oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think that's one of the one other way to have fun is to plan things in advance so you can anticipate Mm -hmm. having the fun. I think that there's been a a body of research, and I can't quote who it's from, but there's a body of research about anticipating fun being Mm -hmm. almost better. Than the actual fun,
0: yeah. I've heard I've heard something about that too, which which I could see. Like I love like thinking ahead, like dreaming about like like for example, like I have. Uh, it's gonna be it's months from now, but we have a, uh, our but our bunny moon. Uh, we got married last year, but we didn't have a honeymoon, so we're having a bunny moon with fr- friends. There's gonna be ten of our friends with us. <laughs> And we're going to Mexico. We have like a beach house, like the beach to ourselves. Like, and I'm just like, every once in a while, I just think about it. And I'm just like, Oh, that's gonna be so great. Like it just, like it just, it, it lights me up even though it's like not until October. I have I lots of time to anticipate it. it. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So I totally get that. i that that keep, that's keeping me going for like forever. <laughs> 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 oh, I, I like to ask people what their play personality is. So there, this is according to Doctor Stuart Brown, and he had a, has a book called Play, and he's at the Play Institute. There's eight play personalities. It's the Joker, the Artist, the Explorer the kinesthetic, the competitor, storyteller, collector, and director. And the director's like a person that likes to plan things and have people over and things like that. Uh, <laughs> so like, obviously you can be as many as you are, you know, um, but I just like to ask people what what they think their play personality is.
1: Well, I can tell you that I'm not the joker and I'm not the competitor. Yeah. I'm not those two things because those don't make me happy. All the other ones, depending on the situation, I could see myself having more of one of those personality types mm-hmm. in different situations. So yeah. the other ones all kind of resonated depending on you know what the circumstance was. I could sure. see any of them fitting except for the joker and the competitor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for me like I love to laugh, but I I I'm not really like a person that tells jokes or you know like I'm just like mm, no. So I totally hear that and then I actually quite dislike competition. <laughs> me so, too. Yeah. I'm like
1: no, I'm not- if we're going to compete then I'm going somewhere
0: else. <laughs> yeah. Especially because there's some people that take it so seriously and then they become like really angry or like they become like, like, it's like, they're unpleasant to be around if they don't win, you know? And you're just like, why th- this is just taking the fun out of everything. I don't want to be, I don't want to be around someone who's acting like that. you know. I think that's why I love non-competitive games, games that there
1: is not even a winner, like word games or um, heads up seven up we play that a lot. Um, We don't actually play it with heads up. Is it heads up seven up or heads up something? I feel Um, like it's heads up seven up. Yeah. There's some game. And one of my neighbors has like all these party packs on his phone and So every time we get together, he's opening up a new party pack of these heads up games. We don't actually put it on the head. We just have it, you know, as like random team kinds of questions, but they're super fun. And then we, we have board games and card games and, and all the things. And we don't ever keep score because it's way more fun not to Mm -hmm. for us. And I recognize that there's some people who like competition.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, you know, for me, I'm like, I don't really care if there's a score because I don't like for my for myself I don't care if I win or lose. I but you know obviously for some people they care. So I'm just like eh. (laughs) yeah just go along with it. It's okay. (laughs) Like yeah for sure. Here you go. When's the last time you laughed so hard that like it like made your stomach hurt?
1: (laughs) Yesterday. Yesterday um (laughs) because well, it's, it's fairly common for me because things are funny to me. Um, but, um, yesterday there were some things that happened at our, at our diva drag brunch that were just so unexpected. They were hysterically funny and we laughed and laughed and laughed. It was, it was really fun. And then I have this little dog. Um, she is a tweenie and she's a rescue. We just rescued her this last November and she is very timid in some situations. And in other situations, she is like a circus dog. She spins circles and she runs. And yesterday we had decided we were going to go for a walk. And so she spun circles over and over and over and over and over, all the way from the dining room, clear as we were headed to the downstairs area. And then she ran on the stairs as fast as she could and jumped and skip the last three stairs. Now this is a little dog. She's only like six inches tall. And so for her to like fly down three stairs was not something I was waiting to see. And that was funny.
0: Yeah. I can imagine that would be really funny. It's just like, whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's too bad. It wasn't like on video for everyone to see forever. I know, right?
1: like, you
0: know, <laughs> get a lot of views with that one what would be uh, your dream vacation?
1: Oh my gosh. One, Um, (laughs) one dream vacation. Well, I, I have wanted to go to two places and um, they're both just really high up on my list. One is Angkor Wat in Cambodia and the other is Machu Picchu in Peru. And I also want to go to Italy. So I'm trying to decide between those three right now. And then I'm like uh, squirrel. Oh, this sounds fun. We should go here. Oh, this sounds fun. We should go there. Yes. Let's take an Alaskan cruise. So um, I don't know what my dream vacation is going to be, but it will be something really fun and probably mm-hmm. include some sort of archeological something
0: yeah well yeah that that stuff is very fascinating. I've always wanted to go to those places too. Um I don't, yeah, it's hard for me to choose a dream vacation because I just want to go everywhere. Yeah exactly.
1: I think that's why I was like, one, yeah, I just want
0: to go see everything everywhere. yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like a blessing and a curse that like you're just like, I'll never see everything. I'd have to be okay with that. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> like. <laughs> but you know. Well, I guess I didn't ask ask you specifically. What does the word fun mean to you? The word fun yeah. means that we're enjoying something. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite comedy feel-good movie? Comedy I don't or know. feel good.
1: Um, I love under the Tuscan sun because it's such a happy ending. It's got some fun, funny stuff in it, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider it a comedy. Sure. Um, I just watched the lost city with Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. and that is so slapstick funny. We laughed and laughed and laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't consider it a feel good movie though. Sure. I mean, if you, if you like adventure, then yes, it
0: would definitely be a feel good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know comedy feel good movie. Well, comedy or feel good. It was like okay. kind of
1: the slash. <laughs> okay, comedy or feel good. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna go with *End of the Tuscan and Sun* just because I really do. I love that. I love the ending that she had everything she asked for all along, but mm-hmm. it did not come how she thought it was going to be packaged.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a that's a good a good message, you know, of like you like, just, just being able to allow like what comes, come to come, you know, what's going to come to come and yeah. then you'll answer it for you. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for sure. All right. How about one more question? And then I, don't know, I've, I really like this, this question I've asked people, what makes you feel luxurious? luxurious.
1: Well, I think there's tons of ways that you can feel luxurious, like a hand cream, a really, really nice hand cream in the middle of the day can make you feel luxurious, just like, um, so soft pajamas at the end of the night, when you crawl into your really soft, really nice pajamas that can feel really luxurious. Yeah. Um, I think that finding things that are really pleasurable for you, whatever that looks like is what luxurious looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's the thing. Like I asked someone and she's like, I don't like any, I don't like, she was like, kind of like saying like, she doesn't like, like really expensive things generally. And I was just like, that's, I don't, I don't, it doesn't have to be expensive. What does, what makes you feel luxurious Yeah, you know, kind of thing?
1: Oh, I like expensive things. I'm not ashamed to admit it, but, yeah. <laughs> but I do think there's something about the things that you use a lot being what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're using a hand cream and you're putting it on your hands four or five times a day, and every time you put it on and you're thinking, Hmm. I wish I had that, or I wish it felt like this. That's not a good way to feel. Mm -hmm. So however, however you can put that on and be like, oh my gosh, this is so nice. I love this. Whatever that is. Yeah. I think that's the mark for me.
0: Well, I feel like, yeah, that's probably like also feeds like, it's part of like the saying yes to yourself. Like people settle for things that they don't actually like so often. Yes. (laughs) I call that death by paper cuts. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, because, you
1: know, I think there's, there's these, like I, the at home clothes, you know, how some of us have at home clothes that yeah. we would never, ever wear out in public. I used to have a whole dresser full of at home clothes. And I was like, no, I'm not wearing these anymore because when I put them on, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel um, slumpy and I feel embarrassed if I go outside and the neighbors see me. So I got rid of them. Well, except I kept one pair because I like to paint. And so, um, I kept one pair that I can no guilt get paint on and not worry about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have at cl- whole home clothes, but it's more of like, like really soft, like, like leggings and things like that. But it's yeah. just like, you know they feel so nice on, but like yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, like loungewear. That's not the same thing. I'm talking about the shirt that you only wear at home because you can't wear it in public.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 like sad. It's like why? Why are you want to do that? Like, <laughs> We're yeah. worth more than that? Yeah, definitely. Well, where can where can people find you? I'm on Instagram at Brenda Winkle.
1: I have the Waves of Joy podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and my website is brendawinkle.com. Wonderful.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on. It was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun. I mean, I've I've enjoyed our time together. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right. I want to talk about a few takeaways from the conversation with Brenda. We talked a lot about, you know, being able to be spontaneous and let go of some of the control that we often seem like we need to have. Um, And then also to be able to say yes to yourself, because it isn't selfish to enjoy your life. You only have one life. And so that you need to make yourself a priority. We also need to learn to how to stop relying on external validation all the time and you know to be able to do things for ourselves uh obviously connection is important but to remember that people don't love you because you're perfect people just love you and those that don't love you you know probably are never going to love you so we don't need to keep on seeking perfection for us to be accepted and loved. Um, She also talks a lot about, you know, playing games, you know, and to be able to take yourself out of being really serious by turning things into games. Obviously, you know, there's plenty of things that can be serious that, you know, there are things that matter in this world, but so many things that we take seriously don't actually really matter. Uh, she also talks about giving yourself permission to change your mind and to be open about things that, you know, just come come your way. And you know, once again, it's about like letting go of control, and sometimes you have to become a little bit uncomfortable for big things to happen because in our comfort zone is not where we grow. She also talks a little bit about watching out for feelings of resentment. And if those happen, that's a sign that you aren't prioritizing your needs and that you need to take those times to be able to prioritize your needs um, so that you can stop feeling resentful. And she also talks about the joy of, you know, going on her walks and that being really present and really noticing us around ourselves, around herself, around ourselves, uh, is, can bring a lot of joy and fun to just really normal everyday kind of things. And then also, and then at the, towards the end, we kind of talked about showing up messy, doing things messy and being okay with it being messy because it's honest and people aren't always see- you know, seeking perfection from you. So, yeah, I think that was kind of, there was a lot, a lot of similar themes in the conversation, but I, she just says things in such a great way, uh, way better than I do. <laughs> Uh, and so I really appreciate the, her insights into how to live a more joyful life because she's, you know, she's experienced it. She's taken back her own life and those that have done like have the most insights. So, yeah. So I want, you know, want to say thank you again to Brenda for being here. Yeah. And go check out her, her podcast. And I left information in the uh, episode notes about how to find her and connect with her. So have a good week. I love you. Have fun and I'll see you next week. All right. Bye.